1: Not every woman who has a perinatal mood and anxiety disorder experiences the symptoms immediately after giving birth. Some symptoms begin up to a year to 18 months after delivery, particularly during times of hormonal changes. Other women may have ongoing symptoms that go undiagnosed or untreated and carry into subsequent pregnancies. Today, we're discussing common symptoms of delayed postpartum depression, the undertreated and often ignored symptoms that may carry into subsequent pregnancies. This is Newbies. He's gorgeous. Um, it's a girl. Surprise! The whole family's here. So
2: when are you having the next one? It's just poop. Ready for another? Wow, you look really tired.
1: Ready to go back to work? Yellow poop? Seriously? Did you sterilize this? Sex? Now? You've got to be joking. You should sleep when the baby sleeps.
3: She doesn't look anything like you. I
1: thought you already had your baby. I did. Babies don't come with instructions, so there's Newbies, helping new moms and new babies through the first year. Welcome to Newbies. Newbies is your online, on-the-go support group guiding new mothers through their baby's first year. I'm your host, Kristen Stratton, certified birth doula, postpartum doula, and owner of in-due season doula services. If you haven't already, be sure to visit our website at newmommymedia.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also subscribe to our show through iTunes, so you'll automatically get new episodes when they're released. Sunny's here to tell us about other ways you can participate in our new show. Okay,
0: so a great way for you guys to get involved, and it really helps us out as well, is by leaving us a review on iTunes. It is absolutely huge. A huge portion of our audience actually finds us through iTunes. And the way iTunes works is the more people that rate and review podcasts, the higher the podcasts Basically, appear in different search results, right? So, if you're going to iTunes and you're typing in something about postpartum depression, well, the episodes that have had more listens and postpartum depression are going to pop up sooner. So, um, to find our show as a whole, um, it really does help us if you review it. So, if you could take a couple minutes, that would be super huge with us. Obviously, we want to help as many moms out there um, who you know recently had a baby and maybe struggling with some of the issues that we're talking about on our show. So, the best way to do that there's actually a couple different ways you can do it straight through the uh, the app on your phone. So if you have uh, an iPhone app that the podcast app, you can search for it that way and you can rate and review it. If you have iTunes on your computer, an easy way to do it is to search for newbies and then right under the logo for our show, you can rate and review. So you just click a couple quick buttons and type out a review and we would love to know what you think of the show. So if you could take a couple minutes to do that, it would be really awesome and it would help other parents find our show. So
3: that's a great way to get involved. All right, let's meet our panelists. Hi, my name is Beth Warren. I'm a psychotherapist in private practice here in San Diego, in the UTC area. I specialize in reproductive psychiatry and women's health, which is perinatal mood disorders, infertility, pregnancy loss, adoption, and surrogacy. And I sure love helping couples embrace their new parenting roles, become their most solid selves throughout this tremendous life transition. And I'm I feel very grateful to be working in this field. I'm also on the board of directors for the Postpartum Health Alliance, which is a great nonprofit organization that we're going to talk about later when we get to resources.
2: Hi, my name is Michelle Clucky, and I'm super excited to be here. I am currently a mom to my daughter, Charlotte, who is two, and I'm currently pregnant due to hopefully right after this show. Immediately um,
3: after. <laughs>
2: immediately after. Um, or if I hop off, it's because I'm going into labor um, with our um, little boy and his name will be Beckett. And I also um, consult part-time with uh, the Postpartum San Diego Postpartum Health Alliance.
4: Nina. Hi, I'm Nina. I'm 33 years old from North Carolina. I have a four and a half year old redheaded boy, and I work for Early Intervention Services for North Carolina, helping families um, and their children from birth to age three.
1: I love that you're in the redheaded child club because I have two out of three <laughs> that are redheads. So
4: I love we have it. To stick
1: together, those feisty redheads. <laughs>
4: Absolutely, I tried to dye my hair that color for like oh, the no? first year. It didn't work
1: yeah no it doesn't it's like you can't you can't replicate that color it's impossible
4: it is <laughs> all
1: right well thank you so much for joining us it's great to have you guys on the show
4: okay round two name something that's not boring
0: a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire
4: huh oh sorry we were looking for chumba casino Ch-
0: Okay, so from time to time on our show, we like to review apps. We we think that you know parents are always on the go, and you you know we we're always downloading new apps, right? So um, why not parenting apps and apps that just help us uh, be better parents? And so to go along with that theme, we found an app called PPD Gone. OK, and I downloaded it and just started to check it out a little bit just to see, you know, the functionality and everything of it. It is a free app that's available for iPhone and, uh, you know, it, it seems to have some really cool things. For example, there's a lot of information. I love how they said this, pre-partum depression. <laughs> information on pre-partum depression um, goes into uh, more in depth about what is postpartum depression, the causes of it, the symptoms, you know, will it go away? A lot of the common questions that I think a, a lot of people have about postpartum depression. There's even a section for postpartum depression and New Dads, Recovering from Postpartum Depression. And it's actually created by Shoshana Bennett. And I wasn't aware who Shoshana was. It says she's a PhD. But beyond that, I didn't know very much. And um, Beth, who's our expert today, um, you're more familiar with Shoshana. Who is Shoshana?
3: I've actually never met her, but she's incredible. She is one of the original presidents of Postpartum Support International, which is a resource we'll talk about in a bit. Um, And she's written a a number of books on postpartum mood disorders, including one that's called Beyond the Blues, which is a pretty famous one. Um, She's just a, a major advocate for women who are going through perinatal mood disorders. And and she's an incredible resource. So it's neat that she's created this app that can be so user friendly.
0: Yeah, like I said, there's a lot of good information on it. There's actually some audio files on here that you can listen to. Uh, that deal with different topics. Uh, there's some links to videos that you can watch as well. Uh, you can click through on different resources that are available. Uh, for example, you can get a free postpartum depression assessment. There's a link for that. There's a link directly to Postpartum Support International. Some of these links will include on our website for actually this episode. Um, but just a great thing to check out if you guys have a few minutes, and you can always have this, at your fingertips so wherever you go there's some information especially if you think you have some of these symptoms um, and may want some more information about it so uh, go ahead and check it out I'll go ahead and put a link to this on our website so you guys can download it there and read a little bit more about it
4: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: Newbies is proud to partner with the Postpartum Health Alliance for a new series focusing on delayed postpartum depression. Today, we'll provide an overview on this disorder. Our expert is Beth Warren, licensed clinical social worker and psychotherapist with the Postpartum Health Alliance. Thank you so much for joining us, Beth, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here to talk about such an important topic. Let's review for our listeners what is a perinatal
3: mood and anxiety disorder, or PMAD? So a perinatal mood and anxiety disorder is different than another mood disorder, such as regular generalized anxiety disorder or major depressive disorder. A perinatal mood and anxiety disorder is exactly what it sounds like. It either originates during the pregnancy period for a woman or during the postpartum period for a woman. So there's several different types that fall under this overall category of a PMAD, and that includes postpartum depression, which is the more commonly known postpartum mood disorder, typically incorporates symptoms of sadness Irritability, insomnia, anhedonia, which means the things that typically make you happy no longer are doing so, a lack of motivation that there could be a potential impact of uh, delayed bonding with the baby, etc. There's also postpartum anxiety, which is uh, typically presented like a, a woman who has racing thoughts that are much more intense than her baseline, worrying constantly. It can include intrusive imagery, like picturing really horrible things happening to herself, to the baby, etc. Uh, just general fear at all time and worrying typically will impact a woman's socialization. Usually she's pretty isolated as a result. Like if she believes that she can't go out to the grocery store because, oh my gosh, I couldn't handle it if my baby cried, um, typically then she starts avoiding that activity as a result. So there's postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, we already covered. There's also postpartum obsessive compulsive disorder, which again is, is exactly what it sounds like. Obsessions, uh, obsessive thoughts or and or compulsive actions that can begin during the pregnancy or postpartum period. The compulsive actions usually serve to manage the anxious thoughts, but it doesn't work. And so the anxiety tends to get worse and worse. And then last but not least, the most severe postpartum mood or anxiety disorder is called postpartum psychosis. Thankfully, it's very rare and it is a true medical emergency. And this is when a woman really has lost touch with reality. It's either having hallucinations, delusions, etc. It can get quite dangerous. Uh, luckily, all of these are very treatable. It's the two big T's I always tell my clients are this is treatable and this is temporary just to be able to instill some of that hope. We know a woman can be at higher risk for a PMAD because of either genetic, biological, or environmental factors. Genetic meaning that maybe she has a personal history of mental illness or a family history of mental illness. She might be at higher biological risk because uh, she might be an older mother, maybe has gone through infertility, pregnancy loss. Maybe she has multiples. An environmental risk factor might be uh, significant family stress during the pregnancy. Maybe she was laid off and there's some financial stressors. Maybe there was a a great transition during her pregnancy, like they moved, etc. And having a real colicky or fussy baby can also put you at higher risk. So that's just a big overview of perinatal mood disorders. How is delayed
1: postpartum depression different from other postpartum mood disorders? So it's a great question because
3: typically we see the onset of postpartum mood disorders either during the pregnancy period or right around after that first month after birth. So the interesting thing to know, though, and this is why I'm so glad we're doing this podcast today, is postpartum mood disorders can actually occur any time in the first year, year and a half after delivery and often will occur during times of great hormonal change. So a time of great hormonal change is, of course, pregnancy. And it is, of course, delivery. But another, uh, several other big hormonal transitional times are when a woman gets her first period after delivering the baby, when she starts birth control again, and when she weans breastfeeding. So all three of those are significant hormonal transitions that occur. As you know, I mean, let's say a woman breastfeeds for two years. That That means that that uh, hormonal shift doesn't occur for her until two years after the birth. And what are some common reasons that women don't seek treatment right away? One of the biggest I see, actually, is just because of a lack of information or a lack of knowledge. So a woman might think that if her symptoms don't start right away, let's say she becomes significantly depressed when she's about four months out. She starts noticing she's really irritable at her husband. She cries frequently, just feels a general malaise. She may not identify it as a postpartum mood disorder because she may not know that the symptoms don't need to occur right after birth. A lot of Lack of information, I think, leads to women not getting help because they think, well, I'm not just laying in bed right after delivery, bawling my eyes out, so what is this? I don't know what this is. So women might dismiss the symptoms, chalking them up to something else like, oh, I'm just tired. Or they may not get um, treatment as a result of, of kind of dismissing and minimizing these symptoms. Another big one is shame. Shame often plays a large role, particularly if this is quite a big change in her personality or baseline. A woman might feel really guilty with the irritability towards her baby or spouse, or maybe she doesn't feel really comfortable talking to her friends about her sadness when her friends are all talking about how amazing this time is for them.
1: And I I was going to add to what you said, Beth, because, you know, there's also this culture of super mom and it's so easy to feel guilty for not being able to just jump right back into things. Or if you do, and then you yeah. start, like you said, you start feeling that way. It's immediately like, what's wrong with me? As opposed to why can't I just go to my workout group? And why can't I go to mops? And why can I do yeah. all this? And that, you know, this is go,
3: go, go culture that we have. I agree. And I think as women, we tend to perpetuate that perfect motherhood myth. Yeah. And social media just Elevates that even more, right? Like, nobody puts a picture of themselves at two in the morning bawling because their <laughs> baby can't go to bed and has barfed everywhere and they're yeah. exhausted. No one posts that picture. No, they <laughs> post a picture of them and back in their skinny
1: jeans and yes, with yeah. filter. <laughs> Which really, like, I just threw out the skinny jeans. <laughs> Good girl. <laughs> yeah. And and to our parents, did any of you experience delayed postpartum depression, and when did your symptoms begin? Let's start with Michelle.
2: So mine was more of just general kind of what uh, Beth was talking about with this anxiety and this overwhelming, and I think mine started... Around when Charlotte could interact with me, and was right around the time that we stopped nursing, so that makes sense. And I didn't actually know that. So, um, but really interact in the sense of she was walking, she was moving, she was a very early talker. So she was, you know, saying words to me and communicating more. And at that time, I was working full time too, and I just felt like, what am I doing? (laughs) Like this is like I, I, I don't really know how to uh, handle her big personality, handle my big personality, um, handle personalities at work, you know, all of that. And it was a little bit overwhelming and me wanting to be that super mom and me posting those happy pictures on Instagram and Facebook. And, but yet still um, afterwards going, okay, this isn't how I want to be. I want to be, feel a little bit more grounded.
4: And what about you, Nina? I think Noah was about five months old, um, right after I stopped breastfeeding. And I typically have a very outgoing um, personality, really bubbly, and that kind of seemed to work against me. Because if I wasn't smiling, people were asking what was wrong. And I sure didn't want to tell them that I was crying in my car on the way to work and on the way home because I didn't know what to do in either place. Um, I didn't really know um, who I was anymore or how I was supposed to act in either place. So that was, that was really hard. And I think it just, it was so different than any, just like you said, than anything I've ever dealt with. I I didn't have I never had anxiety before, but I had horrible postpartum anxiety and I would worry about the silliest things, things that I had said or thought about saying, even things that didn't have to do with Noah, just in general. And but I didn't want anyone to know. I did it I put all the really happy, adorable pictures on Facebook and when I finally, two years later, came out and said, you know, Like, it seems like it was a big deal to come out and it shouldn't be, but it was. And said that I had postpartum depression, people were like, oh, but you always seem so happy. And so it was difficult for me to, to do that. But once I did to hear other people say, oh, yeah, I'm feeling that same way, too. And I was like, really? I really thought I was the only person in the whole world that's ever thought that. So that was kind of, and it it lasted about two years before I started getting better. It's it's a journey for sure.
1: Yeah, it kind of feels like your own private hell because you know you're sitting here and you're like you said, you think I'm the only person that's ever felt this way, who's ever going to feel this way. And if people knew what I'm thinking and feeling, they'd think I was a horrible mother or a horrible person. You know, how dare you not be? Feeling all these, you know, euphoria and joy and uh, having endless amounts of energy. And it's just, it's really hard to just reconcile the fact that you are going through something and that it's worth investigating and it's worth seeking help for if you need it.
4: Absolutely. When I first finally went to get help, I went kicking and screaming to get help. The counselor told me that it. Wasn't postpartum depression that it couldn't be that because it was too late, so that was really hard because I thought, Oh no, I there really is something wrong with me. Um, luckily, I did find that counselor ended up moving, and I found another one who is, was. Is I, I'm I still see her, um, she's very straightforward, and she was like, Well, of course, it's postpartum depression and anxiety, and I was, I didn't know that was even a thing, so. It's helped me so much to have therapy and medication and just to uh, talk to other moms and know that it's okay.
1: Beth, if untreated, can this continue throughout subsequent pregnancies?
3: Absolutely, which is why it's so important that we're talking about this. An untreated postpartum mood and anxiety disorder can actually become a real chronic ongoing condition, and it may even worsen with time. So if this rolls into another pregnancy, so to speak, the woman's at huge risk for worsened symptoms because now, of course, we have the hormones of pregnancy and the stress of a new pregnancy. Um, She's at huge risk for having a quite emotionally difficult time during her pregnancy and or exacerbated symptoms once she delivers. And of course, your second pregnancy, now you're also taking care of your first child as well as yourself during your pregnancy. And if you are also struggling with a mood disorder during that period of time, it's just, it's a lot to juggle. It's a lot piled on. And what can happen if the
1: PMAT is undiagnosed or untreated, even if there is not another pregnancy?
3: So uh it, it's just like before it can really continue into a chronic condition and it can actually symptoms can even worsen over time. I frequently see women in my practice who are coming to treatment for the first time years after having a baby. And it's that the symptoms never resolved. And the realization started to occur for this woman that, okay, this is more than just me being tired, or this is more than just me adjusting to being a new mother. There's clearly something going on at this point that's more severe and significant. So absolutely, there's a risk if a woman does not get treatment just that it can worsen and continue.
1: And to our parents, did any of you experience a perinatal mood disorder during your subsequent pregnancies? So I, as I mentioned before, I'm very
2: pregnant um, right now. And I think at the beginning, and even throughout the pregnancy, this, the reoccurring feeling and needing to kind of work through, how am I going to do if if I couldn't do it completely right with one, how am I going to be able to do it right with two? And realizing You know that that thought, having to refocus that thought and kind of rephrase that thought and really talk through it with other moms. I think Nina mentioned being able to share with other moms. That's been huge. Therapist as well. But I think that village and having that tribe to be able to talk to other moms that have gone through it and realize that everything's okay and been able to take a deep breath, that has been a big help to me and walking through those feelings when they start to reoccur um, during pregnancy because, you know, I want to be present with my toddler and I want to be there with her, but I also am pregnant and I'm also going to have a baby. So it's it's kind of brought up those feelings and anxiety again.
4: Noah's four and a half. And that is a question we get all the time is when, you, when are you going to have another one? When are you going to have another one? And um, my husband and I have struggled with it a lot because we really want more children, but it's, it's very scary after what we, we went through. And, um, so it's, it's encouraging, Michelle, to hear your story and that, you know, to, um, hear you talking about reframing your thoughts. And, um, this is just such a journey, I think, and we're learning something new every day. So it's definitely a um, concern for sure in future pregnancies.
1: I'm really glad you brought that up, Nina, because that's definitely something I've heard with the women that I work with as a doula. Is them sharing that experience that they've gone through, you know, severe postpartum depression or anxiety um, and their fear about having to go through that again and, you know, how are they going to handle it? Is it going to be the same? Is it going to be worse? And, you know, so I'm really I'm really glad you brought up that point because that's definitely something that I'd love to hear, you know, Beth's opinion on.
3: Nina, you're so brave. Actually, both Nina and Michelle are so brave and courageous in talking about their experiences, and it only helps to benefit other women. Because as we talked about, Kristen, the popping the balloon of this perfect motherhood myth is so important. And Nina, I'm so proud of you for sharing that fear, because that is a really common one in women who either are going through or have gone through a postpartum mood and anxiety disorder, that fear of, I don't know if I want to go through this again. What are my chances of going through it again? Do I even want to take that risk when I know now how horrible this has been? And one thing that is really crucial is developing a solid postpartum plan so that if you are considering a subsequent pregnancy, what can I do differently this time? What can I ensure that I have, you know, support short up, et cetera, So that if worst case scenario does happen, and I do develop these symptoms, again, how can I get help that much faster? How can I make sure my resources around me are all ready to go? And actually, we're going to have, a, a, there's going to be a podcast episode about this coming up. So it's a really important topic, and I'm glad you addressed it. When we come back, we will continue our discussion
1: about perinatal mood and anxiety disorders and delayed postpartum mood disorders. We'll be right back.
3: With Lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
4: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
0: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that
2: case, I pronounce you lucky.
3: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
2: See website for details.
1: Welcome back to the show. We're talking with psychotherapist Beth Warren about perinatal mood and anxiety disorders and delayed postpartum depression. Beth, how might a woman learn if she has PMAD or she if she is just tired
3: or stressed? And what kind of resources are available to her? Great question. And this is so important. Once a woman has identified for themselves, something's different. How might she know whether or not this is something that's actually diagnosable or she's just pooped and stressed? When we recorded the postpartum anxiety episode, I had talked about There is a matter of intensity, frequency, and duration that helps a woman determine whether or not this is something more significant, meaning every parent, moms and dads, are stressed. Every parent is tired and can be overwhelmed at times. But if it persists, if the duration is longer than you would expect for yourself, or if your uh, emotions are more intense than typical, like, for example, every... Every new parent worries about their baby, but is it worrying to the degree that you are not going outside? Is it worrying to the degree that you're even avoiding any sort of child care, taking care of your baby, etc. So those kind of key questions, intensity, frequency, and duration can be really helpful. And going to seek a professional opinion is also vital. So a couple different areas that a woman can do that. I'd recommend talking to your OB, to your midwife, to your doula, now, the caveat being that some midwives, doulas, OBs are wonderful in recognizing postpartum mood and anxiety disorders, and some are not. And so if you go to let's say to your OB and are saying, man, I'm crying all the time. I just can't um, get a grip. I'm not taking good care of myself. And your OB dismisses or tries to minimize and say like, oh, you're just a new mom. Maybe it's important to go to someone else. There are therapists that specialize in this field like myself. And like Nina's experience, I'm so sorry that she went through that, that by the time she actually went and sought help, she went to someone who unfortunately does not sound like had that experience or the knowledge about a postpartum mood disorder and told her she actually didn't have that, told her, you know, kind of minimized her symptoms. So it's important to go to someone who knows. And so some resources to be able to find a provider who specializes in this are, I'll give you two. One is called the Postpartum Health Alliance that we've talked about. Michelle and I both are on the board of this organization, and it's a nonprofit organization dedicated to raising awareness about these disorders, and also providing support and treatment referrals. So if you're in the Southern California area, you can go on, and actually anyone can go on, you know, around the nation, and take an Edinburgh postnatal depression scale, just a quickie 10 question questionnaire, and also find uh, links to local support groups, as well as providers who specialize. If you're not in the Southern California area, the post Postpartum Support International website is postpartum.net. I forgot if I mentioned Postpartum Health Alliance is postpartumhealthalliance.org. Postpartum Support International, exactly what it sounds like, finding treatment providers in whatever area you're in. And they also have links to online support groups on that website, which is really cool.
1: And to our parents, what did you do to find answers and get support?
2: So, the way I got support is by really attending every uh, breastfeeding support group that was that I could find. I was a breastfeeding support group junkie and because that was just my way of connecting with other moms and then once I went there, I realized, oh, there's other support groups and there's other play date groups and there's other ways that I can get involved and I um really just tried to surround myself. With as many mom friends um, that had children the same age as uh, mine, so that I could talk to them about what I was feeling and that I could get support and that we could kind of normalize the anxiety that we were feeling and the frustrations that we were feeling. And it's really been incredible. And I'm just now surrounded by um, what I call my mama tribe that really can help be that resource to me and say, what we can say to each other, you know, I think that this is beyond what we can uh, really help you with. So here's some resources uh, for you. And when we're not strong enough to do it ourselves, they they're there to, to, we're there for each other to help one another.
1: Thank you so much, Beth, and our wonderful panelists for joining us today in our discussion about perinatal mood and anxiety disorders and delayed postpartum depression. And for our Newbies Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of this show as Beth will share how family members can help identify and support a woman experiencing a delayed postpartum mood disorder. For more information about the Newbies Club, please visit our website at newmommymedia.com.
0: All right. So before we wrap up our episode, I'd like to leave on a kind of a happy note and uh, at least, you know, get us laughing a little bit. And so we all know, all of us that have had babies know that the underwear that they give you like at the hospital, you know, that beautiful netted underwear. Okay. Those are actually comfy. Um, (laughs) (laughs)
2: They are. I, I guess I I'm guess actually I looking forward to it. I have them packed in my hospital bag. What are you talking about, funny? <laughs> yeah.
0: oh, hilarious. Okay, so Rebecca sent this in to us, and Rebecca has a kind of a funny story having to do with netted underwear. So Rebecca writes, for some reason, I forgot what the netted underwear were for. I quickly assumed that they were to use as a barrier between the ice pack and my sore quote unquote Lulu. I guess that's what she calls her, <laughs> Lulu. Uh, <laughs> so right after I got everything. Everything in place down there, the guy, some hospital courtesy cart guy that takes you in a cart from your room or downstairs to where you leave, came in with a big cart in my labor and delivery room to take me to recovery. I had to scoot off the bed, and my gown was opening in the back. I was walking and holding the ice pack in place with my hands since I didn't have the netted underwear on. I was trying to keep my gown closed so he couldn't see my behind. Then I had to get out of the cart the same way. Protecting all my private parts. She says, I kept thinking, why are they sending some stranger up here when they know I may be exposed? Now I think how much nicer it would have been in a short ride it would have been had I known that uh, I was supposed to be wearing my underwear. So, Rebecca, yep, that's what those beautiful underwear are for, to keep kind of everything in place, whatever you want to – I know I had, like, pads and stuff shoved in there and all that kind of stuff. So if an ice pack was something you needed – I know some women prefer heat or need heat as opposed to ice, but – uh yeah, it sounds like everybody on, on this call is uh, a fan of the netted underwear. I don't know if I share that sentiment, ladies, really.
2: Well, my doula <laughs> has also told me they can be a great nursing like top as well. There's she's like has some trick that you can do some cuts to them and then what? put them And then so, yeah, I don't know. But that's another resource. That's
4: awesome. <laughs> You're going to need to share that.
2: I, I I will take pictures. and send, I'm just kidding. I'm
4: oh, my gosh. Please <laughs> take pictures. That's hilarious.
2: That is awesome. All right. Well, Rebecca, thanks so much for sending in
0: th- this in. We do appreciate it when you guys respond to our segments, and it's a lot of fun here on the show. So if you have a funny baby oops you would like to share with us, please, you can either email us through the website at newmommymedia.com. Just click on the contact link, or you can leave us a voicemail, and that can be done through the website, too. Just click on that send voicemail button on the side. It's a gray little banner, and you can send it straight Your
1: computer. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Newbies. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, Parent Savers for Moms and Dads with Toddlers, The Boob Group for Moms who provide breast milk for their babies, and Twin Talks for Parents of Multiples. Thanks for listening to Newbies, your go to source for new moms and new babies.
3: This has been a New Mommy Media Production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of new mommy media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider.
0: How would you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. If you're a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions
4: 18 plus.
0: Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, NewMommyMedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.